0: Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on SiriusXM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. This stock market is uh, not just a stock market. It's all of it. And I had a gentleman on the show, I think it was year one, 2014, 2015, who I want to start bringing back on because he's so brilliant and his Thrive Thursday. So I want to welcome to the show. He is a crypto expert. Actually, he's been doing cryptocurrency before anybody was even thinking about it. Let me welcome the one and only Mr. Rick Willard. So I... I've been watching, you know, because I'm in, I'm in the stock market. A lot of our listeners are, and there's a lot of confusing things happening right now. And I, I want to talk to you both, practically and philosophically. I feel like there's a certain veil that has been ripped off, uh, and people are, and 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 it's showing up with the GameStop, GameStop st- uh, stock price, which is soaring. a a company that's bankrupt basically has no business, but the stock is in the 200s. And AMC, another stock, another company that is bankrupt, but the stock is soaring. And then crypto is doing this up and down thing. And then you got Dogecoin, you got all these other coins that are questionable. Philosophically, Rick Willard, as somebody that was there from the beginning when people were mining Bitcoin on computers and you were one of them, Where are we right now in this space?
1: Mm -hmm. That's a good question. Uh, So one of the philosophies of of Bitcoin and the coins that followed was financial inclusion, right? And what we're seeing now, whether we can disagree or agree on whether Bitcoin actually um, uh, promotes or, or stifles financial inclusion, there are arguments for both. But the philosophy behind it was, you know, get more value into more people's hands. But unfortunately, uh, and incredibly what we found is uh, people who have a little bit of information become extremely dangerous. The, uh, what you see happening with GameStop and AMC, in my opinion, and these kinds of, of, of plays are a direct result of people trading digital currencies, getting used to creating that volatility and doing pump and dumps, which means to pump the price up and dump it and then take the money and then do it you know, to another stock. So that used to be frowned upon uh, on, on Wall Street. That was not only unethical, but in many, in many cases, illegal. Um, that has become the norm now. And that is because more people are involved in the process, actually. What crypto has done is enlightened a lot of people that that's possible. So you have telegram groups uh, and uh, you know, WhatsApp groups of people who, uh, or 4chan groups, people who just talk about how to raise the price of the stock, they group buy and they group dump. And it's a planned exercise. So that's, that's where we are. So philosophically, uh, what was meant to be a boon to humanity and access to value has become one of the things we really have to watch out for. Mm.
0: Once again, human beings have come in and spoiled <laughs> something that on the surface was supposed to f- free us and, and made it into a thing. And I'm, GameStop, okay. which, you know, I, I used to go there to buy my, you know, uh, my little video games when I was playing Tomb Raider back in the day and, and Contra. I would go to GameStop. It, it no longer is really a viable place, but the stock is trading over 200 and something dollars a share. And yeah. if you are a shareholder, you know, of games, if you were like a person that owns a lot of it, you're happy right now with a failed company that you're still eating off of, which makes absolutely no sense in the business world.
1: Well, it doesn't, but it just goes to show you it makes sense on a human level uh, that value um, is is a consensual hallucination, right? So whatever you consider but some people, you know, in, back in... The real day, you know, cowrie shells were seen as valuable. I mean, try try buying groceries with a cowrie shell, right? Um, so it's no longer considered valuable, but value is where you find it, where enough people agree it exists, which is another underlying philosophy underneath the digital currency. Some of them actually have use cases and some blockchains make a lot of sense. Um, I, I was interviewed by Forbes last week and, and I'm, uh, long on Ethereum and, and some of the things that it's doing, it's, it's providing a platform to build things upon, right, which it has an inherent value. Bitcoin itself, uh, you know, that's mostly co-opted by, you know, names I won't mention here, but, uh, you know, taken to Wall Street and turned into ETFs and things like that. Uh, I, I've done some of that my, myself, so I, I can't say that, that I'm completely innocent uh, in this party, but I, I will say that from uh, back to your point a philosophical viewpoint uh, there are tokens out there or coins, if you will, out there or blockchains out there that really can uh, bring to light some of the initial things that we wanted to promote uh, in the beginning of this, of this movement.
0: Now you say we, because you were again, an early adopter, not just an early adopter, one of the, and I remember four four foremost leaders in this space and you, you have a whole company uh, built on this crypto Uh, environment. And I'm seeing a lot of my, my, my folk, my people, my, my loved ones uh, investing because in many ways we've had people on to talk about this. It's a, a bit of a Ponzi scheme. If you can get in early, you know, you're good. If you're on the pump side before people are dumping and you're able to dump before the big dump happens, you can make a lot of money. And some people have made a lot of money. So they're like totally in. You know, if you bought Dogecoin at 20, 20 cents and it shot up to $2 or whatever and you put, you know, you had a thousand coins, you made some money. Where Where is this going? And, and for me, it's Thrive Thursday and I need uh, our folks to be healthy, wealthy and wise. And I need to make decisions based on real tangible things that will, you know, build and create generational wealth is the crypto space with, you know, you just mentioned some exceptions with Ethereum and some others. Is that where people should be putting their money in your opinion, Rick? And I know this is your business, so it's almost like I'm asking you a question that you know, okay, I, I well, know the answer to.
1: <laughs> well, I'm not a financial advisor, right. so this is not financial advice. But um, I, I would say personally, I think Ethereum, Polkadot, um, all the Ethereum clones, I mean, Polkadot uh, is, is uh, driven by Gavin Woods, who is one of the core developers, initial core developers of Ethereum. So they're very, very close. Uh, thematically, and uh, their, their reason for being is, is the same, a platform to build things on, just a little bit more robust. Uh, but, and Master Ventures just put $30 million into companies that are building on Polkadot, so you'll know it'll get some traction. Um, I, I, I would say this about your question. One thing about financial inclusion, financial freedom, Uh, is is a certain amount of responsibility, individual and community responsibility. And it should be really understood that in this space, it pays mostly to be, uh, by the time you hear about something, you've already missed it. Okay. So it's really important to be proactive rather than reactive. Um, you know, Don't follow what I say in Forbes or what Tyler Winklevoss says in the Wall Street Journal or anything like that, or what Joe Lubin might say about Ethereum uh, at consensus. What you want to do is you have the ability to take a blockchain, or to create your own blockchain if you've got the tech to do it, and create your own token and imbue your own value into it, as long as it has value. Now I would never, and I am not, uh, suggesting that people go out there and pump nonsense. Uh, I don't believe in that. I'd be the first person to talk against it. Uh, but, um, you know, if you look at communities, community value is a very real thing and always has been a real thing. Before the civil war, and you and I have had this conversation, uh, there were over 10,000 currencies in the United States, regular local currencies, bank currencies, grocery store currencies, all kinds of different things. Uh, even more recently, there are the Ithaca dollar, the Bowie Buck in, in London or you know, Brixton Brixton Pound, you know these are all efforts to drive community value, and but Bitcoin itself comes to the community, it comes out of the gaming community. It was used for people to buy virtual shields and swords and power ups and things like that within you know, digital gamers, online gamers. So it really is about uh, amplifying community value, and if we, uh, your audience, we, us, anyone. Can wrap their heads around that, then it's never too late. Uh, one good example that I, I like to use, even though I don't like the use case, I have to admit the use case makes sense. So there is a uh, white separatist group in South Africa called the, the Irania community. They have, I believe it's a Bitcoin clone token. I'm not, uh, don't take my word for that. It might be Ethereum, but I think it's a Bitcoin clone token that's actually pegged one to one with the South African Rand. Uh, it's their own currency. Now, you speak about philosophy, right? So philosophically, if you're a white separatist, you would buy that token because you are promoting the, uh, the thriving of a white separatist group, okay? Now, that can happen for any group or any community. I'm not uh, either uh, condoning or condemning the Iranian, the Iranian community. I'm just pointing out that it's already being done. People like Steve Bannon are understanding this. People like, you know, mm-hmm. you have to understand what's going on here. The, you know, the ability to create one's own value is at the heart of all of this. Uh, there's a Bitcoin Miami convention today. Uh, I'm not there, obviously. Um, I didn't need to be there this time around. I started out talking in Miami years and years ago. But the, uh, you know, uh, Ron Paul is a keynote speaker. Now, you don't get more libertarian than that. Right. Okay, so again, there's a philosophy underlying all of this. And it's about individual and community responsibility and individual and community value creation.
0: Uh, A year or two ago, some rappers got behind a coin and that turned out to be a fraud. Mm -hmm. So it's as if like, you know, I was reading The Color of Money. You know, black folk have always and we just are celebrating or commemorating the 100th anniversary of the decimation of the community known as Black Wall Street. We just did that this week. Right. A hundred years ago this mm-hmm. week. And that was a thriving community that was decimated. Right. So then that makes you wary. Right. You, we put our money in banks. We pool our resources right after the Civil War. They had Freedmen's banks. We in droves put our money in and then it was not just mismanaged. They stole the money. So mm-hmm. so that kind of builds this this um, this this internal fear to jump into something, and then then you have a fraudulent, you have a rush card, you know, which with <laughs> with predatory lending and you know, it's like so we're always being taken advantage of, while other people, as you just mentioned, this Iranian Iranian uh, South African coin, there's a certain level of trust within that community that they can get behind, and trust is at the forefront, is at the foundation of these cryptocurrencies. Correct?
1: Yeah, trust is at the value of of is at the center rather of any you know, value. Product, right? So whether it's a you know a car, a Cadillac or a BMW is a trusted brand. You sort of know what you're getting, right? So trust is at the core of any transaction. Uh, from that's in the, from the beginning of time. That isn't just now. Uh, and and by the way, it isn't just people of color. It isn't just our community that, that's that's getting whacked by a lot of this. A lot of people are getting whacked by a lot of this uh, because they're dealing with very little information. What, what's being promoted right now in this phase. You know, we've been in this game for, what, 10, 10 years or so, a decade now. It seems like yesterday, but it's a decade. And it's very, very new. So what's being promoted now is this get-rich-quick mentality that you can just, you know, get on Robinhood. And you. I was at the I was at the store the other day and saw this this young guy, this young African-American caddies. He's his, got his mobile phone. He's in front of me in line, and he's trading on Robinhood. He only had about $1,000 worth of tokens whenever he had. And he's just looking at it like like he's owning the world okay now that's okay all right that's okay but it's not the world and it's not yours it, it's a it's a conduit to participate in the same system that you've been participating in so you know when you buy bitcoin what do you cash out in us dollars right yes uh, they used to say or euros let's say bitcoin You should say, oh, but don't people launder money and don't they buy drugs with Bitcoin? Don't they have people killed with Bitcoin? The answer is yes, but I would venture to say that more people have been killed and more drugs sold and more money laundered in US dollars than any currency on earth. So there is, it's, it's both moving us into the future, but echoing the past of most of humanity, which is there's always been community value There's always been local value. And I think that the internet and Bitcoin is taking us back to a time where that's becoming more relevant again and more important again. And that's how you begin to not circumvent, but have a parallel economy outside of the banking system. So if you think the banking system is holding you back, the answer is not to invest in Bitcoin. The answer is to create something of value that you can tokenize and have other people who believe in that philosophy Join with you and invest in that philosophy.
0: If people need information, and we're talking with Rick Willard. Uh, he is a big uh, cryptocurrency, not just Bitcoin. He's a crypto expert. Um, where can they go to get information? Because knowledge is power. And, and you're right. People hear a thing and then they see, oh, this person made all of this money. There's 50 11 YouTube channels devoted to how to get rich quick. And folks are following. They're doing four chain. They're doing all of this stuff. Right. But the foundation is knowledge. Where can they go? Rick Willard to get the kind of information. That will help them make decisions, better choices.
1: Yeah, it's really hard, you know, because as, as digital currencies mainstream, the media, mainstream media absorbs the, the, the messaging, right? And then puts the messaging back out pre-packaged in the way that it's always been packaged. So it used to be where you know you could actually have people have really relevant conversations with them about the nature of value and the philosophy of money and what we might do. Those conversations don't happen very much, anymore. we do a lot of education that way. My company, Agentic Group, um, there are some other uh, organizations and uh, for-profit companies that do a very similar thing around the world, but, but they're not, we're not the mainstream when it comes to that. Um, I, I would suggest the more sort of wonky listeners of yours, like, like me, who is a wonk like me, uh, you know, you should read the Satoshi White Paper. You should actually understand the philosophy behind Bitcoin. You should understand where this stuff comes from, why it exists, and and where you might take it. Right now, that's a deeper read, right? That, that's a, that's a, a deep technical read. Uh, if you want to, you know, think about overall philosophy, there's a book uh, I just happen to be mentioned in, in it. I'm not plugging it necessarily, but it's called The Age of Cryptocurrency by... Um, uh, Paul Vigna and Michael Casey. Michael uh, is a former senior writer for the Wall Street Journal and used to be a partner in a uh, He now works at uh, uh, for for a media outlet. I don't think I should say it, but anyway, um, you know, the age of cryptocurrency is a good book to understand the initial philosophy about involving the world in a new way to interpret value in a new way to put value and to create value uh, where money wouldn't go and where money won't go. So you know, where does money not go? Usually to women, usually the people of color, usually the people in what's known as the second and third worlds and I hate that, you know, that phraseology but that's what people use, uh, developing countries. So uh, there's some wonderful things going on. There, there's a program called Moeda in Brazil which funds uh, uh, Brazilian women of color in their farming. In the farming in industry there's some wonderful projects going on out there and i think it's just really about going into your google browser or whatever browser you're using and just saying, you know best use cases of tokens digital tokens just just go and look and learn um, there is all the places that have all the hits and the places where people go are not you know there's a, there's coin cap uh, coin market cap which will tell you how much tokens are worth but they're not going to tell you what those tokens really do uh they'll give you an overview of, of them but not really deeply uh, an understanding of what's happening um you can go to coindesk you know you're going to get the latest news it's like going to business insider it's not really telling you what's really happening it's just giving you the effects of what's happening right well,
0: um we're talking mm-hmm. with rick willard rik underscore willard on the on the twitters I uh, actually i personally tweeted out his company Um, how, and and you call yourself the blockchain Morpheus, which I'm not mad at. I like that.
1: I I, I didn't make that up. That was made up. I was talking in uh, Zurich at a finance 2.0 event on stage and somebody tweeted that it was like getting a lecture on cryptocurrency from a combination of, um, seal and Morpheus (laughs) and, and the the blockchain Morpheus thing kind of stuck.
0: Yeah. and, And listen, when we talk, we talk off mic, um, quite, you know, relatively frequently uh, about this space. I'm just always amazed uh, because, again, to 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 get into something when nobody was really talking about it, what what was it that what was your like, I know that this is going to be a thing. And now 10 years later, this this has taken off. Banks are now investing in it. You know, all the banks that were like, oh, this is a fraud. You know, this is this is not real. Now they're into the crypto space. And you're like, huh, what was it that you knew 10 years ago that panned out today?
1: There were two things, I think, that drove my own participation in the space. One was I'd been on the internet already. I'd already been in the startup life. um, And I saw what the internet did to communication, how it almost killed the post office. Email almost killed the post office at one time. I saw how IBM in the beginning couldn't even keep up with it until they started making servers for the internet, right? IBM almost went down. I saw that the, that, that the speed of transmission of information and sometimes even knowledge can actually bring down institutions if they're not careful. So when you add the idea of money and value and you, you put it inside of that wrapper of speed and communication, then you're going to have a very disruptive uh, product. So uh, I also come from advertising years ago, and I was not a stranger to uh, loyalty points and rewards. Uh, And I had even been doing some research and uh, some sort of uh, deep op stuff in in Las Vegas previously with players points in casinos. So I, I understood sort of the nature of how people use these credits in ways that were unlike cash, right? And how you could create value and create relationships and partnerships with companies and all kinds of different things. So now, so I, what, what really got me involved with it, I said, look, at the very least, these things are uh, loyalty points on steroids at the very least. And they will absolutely change the face of loyalty and rewards. That is a given. So, that's what got me started. I, I never was, um, as soon as I found out the harsh libertarian and uh, sometimes extremely right-wing uh, bent of Bitcoin, then I, I began to, to focus more on this community of points and what that could do for communities and what that can do for, for people paying each other and keeping value cycling within communities because that's always been an issue for us, right? Uh, or at least more recently that's why you know black wall street was decimated because that money was circulating and it was you know th- that people became jealous or whatnot so um and now you can do it without telling anybody keep it in your wallet and shut up the, the first rule about uh, bitcoin is, is shut up about your bitcoins uh, mm-hmm. unless you you know want the irs to come have a have a deep <laughs> talk with you.
0: because they can't see it
1: well it's pseudonymous um, it's not completely anonymous and there are forensics companies uh, digital forensics companies that will track you down if you're trying to be a smart person about it, if you're trying to be a wise guy. but um, but the average person doesn't hold enough to make it you know for that to be a real thing. so it's it's really, you know more about taking a real close look, when, here, here's here's something I really do need to say, and and not enough people, I think, say, even though some do, is that when you look at, the reimagining or reconfiguration of value itself and how that can be created, disseminated and invested in, you have to, you're forced to take a look at the concept of your own values and the values of those around you and the values of your community and create real value that starts within yourself. And I I don't mean to be, you know, to wax philosophically about this too much, but that happens to be true in this case anybody can throw some pump and dump coin out there and convince enough people to buy it to make a, a couple of bucks. But if you're looking at systems change, if you're looking at really creating something that is legacy driven and that you know, you're building for a community, for the children of that community, for the longevity of that community, then you have to take yourself as well as the project uh, as seriously as possible. Uh, you know, I, I don't mean walk around frowning, but I do mean, you know, create something that matters.
0: Rick Willard, founder of a group. I'm gonna take one call. We're starting this conversation. We're starting a conversation here and I'm doing this on purpose because there are a whole lot of people and you brought up one in South Africa and, and the origins of this, uh, who are building community, not for the betterment of everybody.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I just need us to n- never be on the outside looking in ever again. So uh, I'm gonna talk to as many smart people as possible, particularly on a Thrive Thursday, about how we can uh not just circumvent the racism but get involved and build uh, a future uh that we can all be proud of. Let me bring in Anaya. Anaya in Jersey, she has a question for you, Rick Willard. Welcome to the Karen Hunter show. Hey Anaya.
2: Hi, Karen. Hi, Mr. Willard.
1: Hi, Anaya. Call me Rick, please.
2: <laughs> how you doing, Rick? Okay. Um, I just had a question. Um I know sometimes people say art imitates life and i want to know if you have any correlations between the movie ready player one and what's going on with cryptocurrency now
1: (laughs) okay i want to ask my daughter that question but um (laughs) i think she can answer it better than i can i'm I'm only tangentially i'm only like familiar with that movie and that book you know from just on a cursory level to tell you the truth anaya i'm not qualified to answer that question but if you want to if you want to i don't mind answering it if you want to break down what you feel ready player one was trying to get across then i'd be happy to maybe make a correlation for you
2: um it's been a while since i've seen the movie but if if i can just like break down where it's taking place in like this dystopian world right Mm -hmm. and then you have elite that have access behind and people don't have anything can actually compete to get coins to get the things that they want to purchase Mm -hmm. but only through winning uh these coins and having access so i mean that's just basic okay
1: but that's a really good question then uh okay okay i get it so yeah we are i think entering a present not even a future i can give you some examples where not winning so much is again we're redefining values right and I, so it's participation. And I don't mean participation like everybody gets a trophy. I mean participation like actually fully participating in a community. There are lots of communities out there who will give you tokens for answering questions, for, for putting forth ideas, right, for supporting projects. And those tokens uh, accrue in value over time. But you don't have to win and you don't have to beat anyone to get them. You have to contribute something to get them. So, it's much more inclusive. So, I, I would say that the difference there is it's not a zero sum game, right? It doesn't, for, for, for me to win, you don't have to lose, right? It's it's about lifting all boats, a tide that lifts all boats. I hope that helps you.
0: Yeah. Uh, and I did see that movie. It was dope, by the way. <laughs> uh, Lee in Atlanta, you have a question or a comment.
1: Thanks, thanks Karen. Um, You're welcome. What's your
0: name again, brother? Sorry. Rick Willard. Rick with R I K Willard.
1: How you doing? Listen, um, what are your thoughts on the pros and cons of this new token called NFT? Uh, What what can you say about that? And how could um, African-American create their own platform to service our community? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, so NFTs are non-fungible tokens. They're not coins. So let's let's get that right. Even though people are buying them. So the the premise behind the NFT is that they use the blockchain, it is a token technology, right? So it's the same thing as a coin technology, but what they're doing is they're inserting something inside the data layer of that. It could be a, a painting, it could be a picture, it could be a photograph, it could be a page of a book, it could be a voice, a song, it can be a movie, it can be anything. And they use the blockchain to create uh, intellectual property. It can't be copied, just like Bitcoin can't be copied, so you can only spend it once. So because you own that copy of it, you can resell it to someone else and create a marketplace, right? So let's just say, for instance, uh, Denzel Washington makes his final movie, and it's an NFT, and they're going to sell it to one person on Earth, right? So there's a bidding war for that movie. It's Denzel's last movie. Everyone loves Denzel. I don't care where you are and who you are. So that one person buys that, it's $50 million, okay, whatever it happens to be. $10. $10. Doesn't matter. Then they watch that movie. And then like, it's scarce, it's scarcity, right? Enforced scarcity. So now you can say, okay, I'm going to sell this movie. And it's within the blockchain. So it can't be copied. It can't really be stolen, uh, unless it's within the transfer from wallet to wallet, which is a different story. It's a different conversation. But it really can't be stolen. It can't be copied. And it's yours. So now you sell it to somebody else for, let's say, Fifty million and one dollars, right? So the value of that is accruing over time, just like an auction, right? So you heard. Um, so NFT is really enforced scarcity of a digital asset.
0: Are you Are you with that though? I mean, is this something that you're? Are you into that? Because I'm. I've completely decided. I was, even though people keep encouraging me to to get involved with that, with the books that I've done and things, and I'm like, uh I, you know, I don't have the capacity to add another thing to, to my financial well, list mean, of things that I'm doing. Is this something you, that people should be looking into?
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think the question was, how can uh, communities of color avail themselves of this technology? Well, um, I was approached by somebody just last week about black artists, right? Um, and, and, and can we galvanize the, the ecosystem black artists and writers to create these assets? The answer is yes. The answer is yes, it's there to do. There are lots of places where you can go right now, all you really have to do is you you pay a small fee, you drop your digital file inside that particular blockchain and boom, you get an NFT. And a lot of them like nifty.com, they have have marketplaces where you can promote it and people can go buy it. Uh, The question is, uh, do you wanna control totality of that, of that value chain. So yes, you can also build a platform where you can take copy and paste uh, an Ethereum blockchain or buy some of it. And you can have a site of your own where people do that and they post their NFTs to your site. And then you're creating a circular economy, uh, rather a um, circulation of value within, within the community that uh, I think answers your, your question more fully.
0: But can I put it on my wall the way I did my right on magazine Cinepholes of Michael Jackson? That's you the question.
1: I mean if it's if it's a written word or a still photo, sure. Or you yeah, sure. Okay.
0: We're gonna keep if, having this. With the movie,
1: you could actually put it on a screen and put the screen on your wall and show the movie and have that on a loop. You could do that too.
0: This is fascinating. Uh Rick, you're you're amazing. Um there's so much more to talk with you about. Again, this is just the beginning of of a extended conversation I wanna have. Uh, around this this energy in in cryptocurrency and the blockchain, but I want to thank you for jumping in last minute when I called you. Appreciate you, Rick uh, Willard.
1: Love, you, love you.
0: you too, Rick Willard. R I K Willard. Rick underscore Willard on the Twitters, and I tweeted out his company uh, as well, so y'all can go follow him.